Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 347, March 23rd, 2020. The high on this day in 1910 was 83, and it was four below in 1965. And the very next year on this day in 1966, almost 12 inches of snow right here. Now, ice out. Ice, uh, today's the 23rd. Ice out went out March 21st, 2000 on White Bear. Uh, March 21st, 1987 and 2012 on Minnetonka. And today, uh, ice out on Minnetonka in 2017. Wow. Mm-hmm. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic. With Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the Newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop, here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. Boy, it's getting tough out there. Uh, I got an email from Sanibel Jim. Yeah. He wants to know how long the social distancing is supposed to last. Well, uh, I, I don't know. Another month. Forever? Two months. I thought maybe you'd say, I thought maybe you'd say, why does he want to know that? <laughs> I'm, I don't get it. I don't get it either. His wife keeps trying to get back in the house. Oh, you're, you, you forgot to mention that part. Yeah, you didn't. Uh, uh, Reavers. Kenny? He, he ba- didn't. Reavers. You didn't. I didn't what? You didn't say that. I know I didn't, but uh, let's try it again. Okay, I, okay, here we go. <laughs> How long is this social distancing supposed to last? Don't know. Uh, my wife keeps trying to come back in the house. Whoa! Oh, that was a that was a long, long way there, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> here we go. Here we go. Monday. Hey now. <laughs> Uh, let's get to the local updates. Uh, Amy Klobuchar's husband is hospitalized Yes, with coronavirus. Uh, our governor is self-quarantining. Yes. Apparently that will not stop him from an update at 2 p.m. today. Is that correct? Uh, right. As correct. far as we know, yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. So he's in the mansion then, right? The Gov's mansion? I don't know if he lives in the mansion. I would imagine he'd be stupid not to. It's a nice, it's a nice place. Uh, that's where I'd like to be quarantined. Yeah, yeah. I'll never forget Rudy Perpich when he was governor, and uh, you guys are too young to remember. No, no, we're not too young to remember Rudy. I remember okay. him well. Well, his he and his wife Lola uh, were having trouble getting funding. That's right. Uh, to to uh, maintain and upgrade uh, the mansion. I believe they also wanted to do some wallpapering. It was a and, dump. Uh, it was, and and Rudy was getting nowhere. So he summoned. The media yeah. to the mansion, yes. and he yes. took us all up into the attic, where he had contrived his ding ding hose <laughs> from the ceiling into a bucket, <laughs> and and pointed out that this is what I have to live with a leaky ceiling, leaky roof, yeah. and and uh, it was truly some one of the great theaters of all time to see Rudy putting on that show. It was wonderful. But if I remember right, he got the money, didn't he? Yeah, he got the money. Yeah. He yeah. got didn't, the money. And what happened when, didn't Tyrell trash the joint having a couple parties or something? 
When Jesse that, was in charge? Uh, that I don't know. Mm. Uh, say uh, two items that are not necessarily unrelated. Uh, Mike Osterholm uh, believes uh, this virus situation will not be over with by the end of summer. And I, uh, I, I swear by his words, he's a smart guy, so is Tony Fauci, who probably will get fired by Trump because he, he corrects Trump, right. and that's, that, you're not allowed to do that. But then I was reading, and it's a piece in the, uh, from the Los Angeles Times, Michael Levitt, a Nobel laureate and Stanford biophysicist, began analyzing the number of COVID-19 cases worldwide in January and correctly calculated that China would get through the worst of its coronavirus outbreak long before many health experts had predicted. Now he foresees a similar outcome in the U.S. and the rest of the world. Hmm. While many epidemiologists are warning of months or even years of massive social disruption and millions of deaths, he says the data does not support such a dire scenario, especially in areas where reasonable social distancing measures are in place. What we need is to control the panic, he said. In the grand scheme, we're going to be fine. And then I, I could bore you and read all of his statistics, but he has put the math to this. And uh, he says, although the number of daily deaths had increased in China, the rate of that increase had begun to ease off. Essentially, although the car was still speeding up, it was not accelerating as rapidly as before. And then he goes on to say uh, his forecast turned out to be remarkably accurate. Yeah. The, pro- the problem is, who, who do we believe here, well, that's, It's a tough... It's because a tough... we're getting it from both sides. And from day one, I said yeah. our biggest challenge is to put the news in context and perspective. Uh, uh, Tony Fauci and Mike Osterholm uh, would probably resent the use of the word dire, but they, uh, they seem to represent uh, the one side of the coin based on their knowledge that this is uh, not only serious, but long-lasting. Well, here, here, it's even easier than that, fellas, in my opinion. I found a video over the weekend of a woman who works in the industry. I'm going to find it right here. Health industry? Yes. Uh, her, it's, remember Katie Porter, uh, the uh, the legislator? Yes. Her sister. Her it, sister. I saw this Dr. video. Dr. Emily Porter yes, I, put I out this. a, I believe it was a five-minute video. Mm-hmm. She There is no bias with her, folks. She works in the industry, and she laid out mm-hmm. exactly why we need to do this, why the social distancing is important. She basically said 80% of the population is going to be just fine. But it's the 20% that we need to worry about. I don't understand why it's that difficult for people to understand. No, and what you're what you're trying to prevent is that sudden rush on the hospital system. Mm-hmm. Thus, the so-called flattening the curve. You don't want it to spike. You don't want 15 million people trying to get to the hospital on the same day because that'll be bad. <laughs> that would be a bad thing. But right. you know, we're an impatient culture. Uh, Trump is already toying with the idea of urging people uh, to go back to work. At the end of the 15-day period, I think he's assuming that we've completed uh, five days of that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because many people are wondering, is the cure worse than the disease? What do you mean by that? Yeah, I don't get that either. Well, is the cure, uh, which is staying in place and killing the economy, is that worse than the oh, disease? Oh, yeah, I see what and, you mean. And I, I, I have no uh, wisdom of Solomon there. I'm not going to advocate that a life is not worth uh, going to work doesn't, for. Doesn't that basically then just come down to a personal choice? 
you know, for, for instance, with me in my home, you know, I'm married to someone that that has to work. She has to get out there and, and, and help with this pandemic where I come in and do this job. Well, I can answer that. Uh, that yours isn't really a matter of personal choice because you both have jobs to go to. Okay, uh, true. There are, you know, there are beginning to be hundreds of thousands of employees waking up today and tomorrow at the end of the week who will not have a job to go to. Yeah, that's an eye-opener. Yeah. And uh, they're struggling with a stimulus package uh, as we speak. There'll be a vote on a stimulus package. Uh, the Republicans charge that the uh, uh, Democrats are loading it up with, uh, you know, tax breaks for solar panels. and uh, Go new read Crenshaw's Twitter account, by the way. He <laughs> new, is just calling everybody out. It's fantastic. New emission standards for airlines. and uh, But the Democrats can turn around and say, well, the Republicans are si- simply trying to safeguard uh, large corporations. Uh, to which I could make the argument, yeah, because they employ the people. Right. Uh, but I, I don't want uh, the president to get a big check because uh, his resort business is affected at Mar-a-Lago. That's a complete conflict of interest. Well, of course it is. So, so it's uh, again, what what we're facing is the tough job of of putting all of these news items into context. I, I will tell you, I found a coronavirus test that I would not give. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. What do you mean? Or what What are you setting us up for here? A Pennsylvania court on Saturday ordered a condemned inmate be tested for coronavirus as he sits on death row. Uh, oh, the, Phil- right. the Philadelphia County Court of Common Pleas said the state's Department of Corrections must transport Walter Ograd, fifty five, to a local hospital for testing and treatment. No. No. Well, wait till you hear the rest of it. He's got the symptoms. He's got the fever. His lawyers asked the courts to allow him to be transported off death row for treatment. And uh, his lawyer, James Rollins, said, uh, we're grateful that the court has ordered the Department of Corrections to allow Walter Ograd to receive testing. Uh, to make an innocent man even one extra day on death row is unjust. Well, he's, he's, not, well, he's uh, not innocent. No, he, uh, he killed a four-year-old girl Oh, yeah. in 1988. Why is he still alive now? Well, then we. Can... But you've got lawyers saying he's likely innocent of that charge. Well, uh, his I, lawyers I are saying that. Yeah. So anyway, I'm not. I'm not giving him a test. Can we speed up the execution and just kill, kill him before? <laughs> oh, that's not a bad but thought. Let's just take care of you... him. So I, I retweeted a piece on Saturday, Such, from Wired.com, where it was an interview with the doctor who helped defeat the smallpox I saw this. epidemic. Yes. Uh, I saw it too. Yeah. Epidemiologist Larry Brilliant. And yeah. that was an eye-opening piece and uh, some pretty scary numbers in there. But what he says, and I agree with, and we should all agree with, is let's go with the testing. We all need to get tested. This is driving me insane, not knowing whether I actually am carrying it around right now and bringing it into work and giving it to my coworkers. I know I don't have any symptoms, and I'm fine, but let's go with the testing. We need to get tested. I mean, if we're essential employees, let's get tested. Yeah. Well, you push that button too far, and they'll tell you, you know, you're not really that essential. Well, that's just <laughs> it. I don't think I am. I no, think I, I should be staying home. Uh, no, I, and you have my blessing, too. I, I, you guys are there at the uh, graciousness of your own hearts. I, I can't tell you no, what to it's, do. It's not exactly like that. <laughs> well, what is it? We have jobs to do, and we've well, got to come in and do it. Well, and then what are you bitching it, at me and for? And the media are, <laughs> I'm not bitching. Uh, uh, the media are considered essential. 
But I think on the essential list, we should be at the very bottom, the last on the list. Yeah, twenty nine thirty. <laughs> is your wife Reavers? Is, has your wife been tested? Uh, I'm not legally allowed to disclose well, that. I, I don't know. So don't even look at me. I you don't nod or do anything. Yep. But she should be. Everybody who's going into a, a hospital right now to work. Damn well, better have been tested. All I can disclose, because we've had talks about what I can tell and what I can't tell on the re- on the show, um, there has been uh, parameters set for her position in that clinic that she works at for everyone to uh, receive a test. Don't you agree, Joe? Anybody sure. that works in, in the medical field right now going in, they... They better have been tested. You know, you were mentioning all the local things, Joe, that if, uh, you, I don't know if you, you mentioned this, but Lieutenant Governor Flanagan's brother has died as a result of COVID-19. Uh, yeah, I believe in, what, a resident of Tennessee? Correct, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, well, it's it, it it's a virus that knows no boundaries. It's uh, Every time you think the cure is worse than the illness, then you read about some fit Olympic swimmer who's fighting for his life. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, uh, it's just... We're just lost souls swimming in a fishbowl. We don't know any more than the average guy on the street, what except we're just reading more. What lyric is that? That's from a Pink old Floyd? Pink Floyd song. Yeah. Can we uh, can we pause for a second here? Yeah. It, it, and and I asked you about this last Friday, and I think I did it off the air. It sounds like I'm sitting under an old rusty windmill at a farm. Seriously, you whatever you're doing there in your office, you got to oil that up, baby. <laughs> Squirts, get get the squirt just can a minute out and oil be, it up. Be very quiet yep. and tell me if this is what you're hearing. Oh, now it's stopped. There. Well, yeah, that's it. It's just a chair. minute. Be quiet again. Yes, right there. All right, I won't move. I've already WD forty the hell out of this chair. <laughs> Go get a stool or a kitchen chair or something and just sit. I'm there. not sitting on a stool. I'd be way above my equipment. <laughs> Wait, are you about six inches off of the ground? He's on a creeper. He's on one of those things you sit on to change a tire. Yeah, exactly. He can roll under and check the oil quick. Starting tomorrow, Wisconsin Governor Tony Evers is ordering the closing of all non-essential businesses, urging people to stay home. Uh, it comes after Evers already ordered K-12 schools and a host of other businesses closed, including bars, restaurants, and hair salons. We've already done that, haven't we? Mm, bars and restaurants and hair, hair salons. salons. Yeah. You can't go get a haircut. No, you can't. But does this include convenience stores and auto repair places and uh, et cetera, et cetera? Well, that's, that's what's going to... Yarn shops and... That's what's going to end up uh, determining what is essential and what isn't. I believe that Walls might address this today, as he considers a uh, a shutdown. Well, we're next. I mean, he's that's that's got to be what's coming today. And the uh, and I truly believe the only reason they lead us in cases is because we don't have the testing that they do. You know, we're not Wisconsin. Yeah, Yeah. we're we're not testing people as much as we should have. Mayo is helping with that. Apparently, there's good news. And from, we're, we're catching up, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, how about this GLer at the U who uh, sounds like he went out to his garage and created a cheap, efficient ventilator? Did you hear about this guy? No. no. Oh, this is fantastic. Oh. Uh, uh, University of Minnesota anesthesiology fellow Dr. Steve Richardson started his work on his ventilator last Sunday. Sourcing equipment and resources from biomedical engineer friends and other private companies. Within hours of starting, Richardson finished a simple, effective prototype that he is now perfecting. 
He says if the FDA clears a path for production, he could scale it quickly, produce thousands within three weeks at a fraction of the cost of a traditional hospital ventilator. People have just been working around the clock every day since Sunday morning, and we have a ventilator that I would be comfortable uh, being anesthetized with, Richardson said. If you would like to donate resources, supplies, research, manpower, or funds to continue this project, visit Coventors, C-O-V-E-N-T-O-R-S, coventors.com. I might send that guy a few bucks. Why not? Wait, say what? it again. Coventers. Coventers.com. C-O-V-E-N-T-O-R-S.com. Coventers.com. Do so, we have the full list? Speaking of, do we have the full list of the states shut down? Because I'm getting a lot of information that contradicts itself. Like what? Well, I, I'm just trying to look for the, the, the totality of what, of what states have declared. I know, obviously, it's New Jersey, California, Illinois, Ohio, uh, Wisconsin now, but that, but you can't find it on anywhere on here. That's what I was looking for when you were reading that story. Indiana I, now is, I guess, too. I think if you Googled Minnesota, what's open and what's closed, you probably could come up with that list. <laughs> I don't think it's uh, okay. terribly, terribly difficult. Gotcha. Uh, I, I, I tried doing that. Sorry. There is no such website. Well, uh, you go to the Googles. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm on the Google. Where did you find that article, Joe? Which article? The one, the one you, you just, just read. read. I believe that was a WCCO website. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. It there. Uh, isn't it strange, fellas, uh, how the two mayors, the mayor of Minneapolis and the mayor of St. Paul, have been unusually silent? I Shockingly so, Joe. And uh, also uh, the rulers from the salon have been unusually silent. Yes. And do you think it's possible? I don't, but I ask rhetorically, do you think it's possible? It's dawning on them how bleeping stupid they are. Oh, I have a a headline that I got sent to me from Scott Peterson, Joe. This is from the, I believe it's the New York Post, uh, dated today at 1138 a.m., Bernie Sanders skips coronavirus stimulus vote for event with AOC, Omar, and Tlaib. Wow. I saw that. I saw that. Wow. Let me get back to the two local mayors. How about that? And the two local salons. I think it's not hyperbole. I think a very rational, civil argument can be made that everything they believe in, every vision they have, is absolutely incorrect. And I think they're figuring that out, and I think that's why they're not saying anything. Uh, plastic bags are returning to favor yes. because your own reusable bags could retain the virus. It's gross. Yes. You are told to social distance, and yet they have preached till their horse. Yep. Public transportation, high-density living. Yeah, and now even public transportation is saying, don't. Stay off unless you absolutely have to. To save the earth... Sorry, my computer wasn't muted. To, to save the earth, they have uh, successfully banned drive-thrus. Yep. Everything they want to do and everything they've done is absolutely the opposite of what should be done in times of a national pandemic. Boy, you think? The truth. Do you think that ever occurred to them was they sit up in the salon and collect their hundred and twenty grand a year and their health benefits and tell the rest of us how to live? Do you think it ever occurred to them? Do you think these policies of ours would really work? 
in the event that the citizens of this country, the no. citizens, the citizens of these two cities, would have to be kept separate from each other? Of course, do you think not. it ever occurred no, to them? Not once, not to any of them. No. And, and where are they now? Not that we need them. But, it's actually very. It's very peaceful that we're not hearing their yammering. But Joe, it also didn't occur to the other side either. Never occurred to me. It never occurred that I could use that as an argument. Otherwise, yeah. I, I would have been screaming it out years ago. No, but I will tell you what did occur to you. You innately, as a GLer, and you instinctively reject urban density. Oh, my God, I hate it. You reject uh, the, co- well, you might not reject light rail in the best of times. It's well, a fun toy. I do, I do. Yeah, but, but, you, but your, your spirit, your worldview uh, says, what the hell's wrong with a plastic bag? What the hell's wrong with a drive through And don't tell me I got to live in a Soviet-era 1957 concrete block tower where I got to breathe my neighbor's uh, cough every two seconds because we, we're living such high-density living. Every th- and they all do this. They all do this because they think this is how they're going to save the earth. What good is the earth going to be without any people on it? Yep. Yep. The 2040 plan is a disaster. And it's just going to lead to more of this. And even if we do get through this COVID thing in a year from now, we're still going to be susceptible to this or other viruses in the future. On my way here today, Kenny, what's the uh, what's the tower I drive by if I'm coming uh, eastbound on 94 after I get off 35? What's that tower? Is it Riverside? Is that the one? Well, with the, the water tower? With the different colors, yeah. yeah. That's, yeah that's All Riverside. I, I looked yep. at that and I thought, imagine being trapped in that thing. For a couple of weeks, you know. Well, I, well, well. Let's be careful. People have to live. No, I no, mean, no. But, but I'm, st- I'm, I'm, I'm going along with I, your point here. I have a point to prove your point. Um, when I was in between radio jobs, I did. I worked for a courier. Part of the courier gig was picking up medicine at a drugstore, dropping it off. Sure. I dropped off medicine at an apartment there. Uh, the person opened the door. I was immediately blasted with the worst stench I have ever smelled. And with the, within four hours, I was sick, and I was out of work for a week and a half. Oh, really? That God. fast. That fast. Well, what is it you think you smelled? Disease and death and gross and... <laughs> God, it was just disgusting. And it made me sick instantly. Instantly. But my... Uh, let, let's let's uh, summarize... Uh, and I'm grateful for this. I don't want to hear them because they don't know what they're talking about. But both mayors have fallen silent. By the way, Fry and his wife just had a child. Yeah. Maybe that'll help. Op- maybe that'll help open his eyes to what life is really like. Changes perspective. That's yeah. exactly what I thought when yeah. I saw the yeah. photo. Yeah. And and Mayor Melvin Carter and his wife recently had a child. Yeah. Uh, so they have a number of children. You would think that would wise them up. In any event, both mayors are silent. The city councils have been silent. I. Personally, I'm grateful for that because they can offer me nothing. But they have to realize their ideas, their visions for the future are completely wrong. Completely wrong. Mm-hmm. You want to take a little break? Why not? Sure. Hello again, this is Mike Fratelloni from Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores. Fratelloni's is open every day till 6 p.m., seven days a week. Please come on in. We are practicing ultra, no-touch, social distance customer service. You're going to come in and we're going to say, hey, what can we help you find from 10 feet away? We're not going to touch you. You're not going to touch us. We're constantly cleaning our stores. We're really trying to be as safe for our employees and as safe for our customers as we possibly can. So be aware that our customer service is going to be a little different. Stop on at Fratelloni's right now. Come on in, social distance customer service, Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores. 
Joe Suchere, the keeper of common sense. I want to finish what I guess I'm calling a rant. Uh, not only have we not heard, and I don't want to hear from them, don't get me wrong. Not only have we not heard from Mayor Fry and Mayor Carter and the other members of the salon, we haven't heard from the chief sustainability officer. Oh, sure. In, in St. Paul, that happens to be Russ Stark. How precious is it? that we had to run out and make up this BS job title. And if there was ever a time, if there was ever a time, yeah. there was ever a when time. the role of something called a sustainability officer might be useful, it would be right now. It's, Not yeah. a bleeping peep. It's his time to shine. Well, there's, but he can't, Kenny. There's yeah. nothing to shine about. Yeah. There's no need for a chief sustainability officer. He would fall under the same uh, heading as all the rest of these people have completely wrong ideas. All right, so let me ask you, and I don't disagree with you one bit, if that person was to come forward, what would you like to hear from them, Joel, or the I, mayors or whatever? I'm so I'm so uh, jaded right now that I can't dream up anything he could tell anyone that would offer comfort or hope. Okay. Nothing. There, there is nothing he can offer. This is bigger than their ridiculous posturing in the salon. Their plastic bags and their menthol cigarettes and their crowded transportation and their high-density living and their, forced re- and their forced recycling and their forced trash collection. This is bigger. And it never occurred to them to think big. They don't know how to. Mm. And so here we are, stuck with these tremendous costs of this, in St. Paul's case, a 20-member cabinet, none of whom are responsible for anything, accountable to anyone, nor are they heard from. Nothing. It's amazing to me that he couldn't offer me anything before this, and he still can't offer me anything. Just give me one thing we can work with, something that's going to make our day-to-day life easier or, or better. Or in their warped thinking, are they are they so, as Joe mentioned, they're so small-minded, they're not looking big picture, that they're saying, well, we're just going to, I don't know if this is the right word, acquiesce to the governor, where he's just going to speak on behalf of, of all of us, even though they're in charge of a... Oh, well, they're all, they're all cover-your-own-ass people. Yes. Sure. Exactly. They don't answer to anybody. Right. Right. In the case of the Minneapolis side, the mayor came out and shut down the uh, restaurants before the governor, uh, governor was able to do it. True. Okay. And, d- don't, and all don't, that did was p- p- piss off a lot of restaurant owners. You know. Yeah. Uh, don't get me wrong. Uh, the worst thing that could happen is for these morons to start thinking they can tell us what to do. Yeah, maybe we should shut up that's, about yeah, that. <laughs> you're, GLers. You're, you're right, Joe. GLers oh, know that they're on their own. GLers know that they have to be uh, judicious in how they're getting their news, what context and perspective they're placing on it. Uh, GLers have to know that if there's very little wisdom in panicking, GLers have every right in the world to occasionally question numbers and be skeptical. And the last thing in the world we need is for these unwise fools to start entering the fray here and telling us what they think. We don't care what they think because what they've thought has been proven completely wrong, completely inaccurate. Do you think they'd ever get to the point where they 
uh, advise us that we go buy firearms and ammunition or, no. or that we stock up on ammunition or that we start stockpiling, you know, uh, essentials, uh, LP to heat the house or, or whatever? Do, do you think they... Of course not. Of course not. Of course But not. you know one thing that I am glad to see, and it, I, I haven't... I guess I haven't watched it happen here, but th- those that are cracking down on the hoarders, you know, the, the guys that are filling up their garages full of toilet paper and hand sanitizer, and there are they are cracking down on those people because that's what should be going on right now. You should be cracking down on those idiots that are making it more difficult for the rest of us to get what we need. Yeah. In a cliche, in a cliche that you couldn't make up. Just a minute, I need a little sip of water. Okay, there he is, grabbing a little sip. I hear in him a- with his squeaky chair. I'm trying to keep the chair quiet. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to hose her down with WD-40 after the show. Oh, I'm sure the, I'm sure the CP is going to you know, be love that. Toss that thing out the window. Oh, it's was a mayor. Gr- was your granddad sitting on that thing back it's a in the mayor- 30s? It's a mayoral chair. You know what I'll do after the show? Take a picture of it and put it on Twitter. Oh, there you go. I bet you it's made out of real stout Detroit steel, isn't it? No, it's wood. Where was I going? Uh, Louisiana, by the way, has just now ordered a shelter in place. Oh, I was going to say, in in a cliche that unfortunately is too impossibly real, maybe you guys saw the little Twitter snippet over the weekend of two uh, morbidly obese people uh, in Kentucky getting into a fight with a cashier because they wanted to buy 548 cans of Mountain Dew. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I missed that. All that does is prove prove your point, Search. Really? Really? Yeah. That's unbelievable, isn't it? That's what's going to get you through the apocalypse. I don't even know anybody who's tried to buy 548 cans of beer, much less mountain bleeping dew. (laughs) And they were were morbidly obese people. They, well, whatever. You want to, let's brighten things just a minute. Okay. (laughs) On Friday, uh, our guitar playing newsman, John Height, Mm. in fact, Chris, yes. Can you play both versions? Uh, I can play the one he sent me, the nice clean version. You no, know, but we need to compare that to the one he sent Friday. You're going to have to give me a minute to pull up. Because we Friday's were talking show. and laughing and giggling. All That's through. fine. That's fine. And uh, somebody on Twitter made the um, tried to defend John and said, "Well, I was trying to listen to the show, but the song, but they were laughing." Believe me, there we, was nothing to hear. We couldn't hear was, a thing. I got news for you. You didn't miss anything. <laughs> yeah, we couldn't hear anything. But it was fun. John did a song, and uh, which it, it surprised me how incompetent John turned out to be. No, that he, he placed a cell phone on the floor. And, <laughs> well, and <laughs> you know, well, think about it, Joe. It's worked in the past. Like we used to have people fire up their motorcycles and their hot rods and their yeah. boats and stuff, and it worked fine then. It just for some reason didn't work. John's Boy, it, song. It, it really didn't work. And what's so, ironic is he's got a house full of equipment and I know. a kid that's an engineer. Well, he, that was the problem. He had to wait for Dylan to come home and hold his hand. <laughs> yeah, well, I've reached that stage I, too, so I can't I, criticize. I, either can I, by the way, either can I. But in any event, uh, John, it proved to be a hilarious respite All right. from, the, from the news of the day. And then we asked John. Uh, when you get some help over the weekend, could you send us this thing so we could so we could hear what we missed on Friday? So you want to do them both, Reeves? Well, here's what I because I I have to play them out of the same channel. So okay. I have Friday's 
episode queued up to where John attempted to. And that's then right. I, and then after that, then I can yeah, fire up the song yeah, that he really that, did. That's perfect. Yeah. yeah. We right. have nothing. You know what we have? We have nothing but time. Okay. Yeah, Here we go. got a lot of time. <laughs> this is Friday. Well, I like Fauci. I like Fauci. I do, too. Uh, he looks like he may want to be rather be somewhere else at this point. So even when you're uh, you're not here, you're going to generate email in my direction. <laughs> Thanks, John. Sorry. I, I Sorry, appreciate Chris. that. What have you prepared for us, Mr. Height? <laughs> well, I, I got a little song, and not to make light of the situation, there's nothing light about this situation. Mm-hmm. But since, since we have to spend time at home, I, I wrote a song about you know just just being at home. All right, that's, I'm I'm, I'm anxious. Yeah. Uh, but I'll have to put my phone down. <laughs> sure. Uh, so I, I won't be able to hear you guys if you're making fun of me or whatever oh, you're doing. Good. That's yeah. perfect, perfect, actually. Yeah. That's, that's the way we prefer it. <laughs> yeah. So let me put my phone down, and then I'll just start singing, and hopefully everybody will be listening. And yeah. hopefully we can get a decent mix with the guitar and voice, but we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what All right. Get on. Here we it. go. It's, it's a brave new world, as they say. Yes, it is. Hang on. And a one, and a two, and a one, right. two, three. Four. Is that me? Yeah. <laughs> that sounds horrible. This, this is awesome. This t- let's just let him go on and yeah, on. It's like Royce's call from Scotland. We can't hear a word he's saying. <laughs> oh, this is this is just the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> we can't even hear him. No. You got him turned way up, Chris. I'm cranked. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> What's funny is he has the technology to record sure. this really good and send it to us. Sure. <laughs> What's he late? Chris? Yes, sir. Can you hear me? Yep. Okay, you get the idea. I don't right. like the processing on this mic. You we, get the idea. we got to uh, put a different mic in here. Reverse. Are you talking about your own? Yeah, this one right here. I'm not We're worried here. about you right now. I'm worried I, about playing the heights. I, I am. For, right. my, this situation just became serious. All right. All right. We need to get me a real microphone. And now over the weekend, I, I spoke to Mr. Hyde on Friday after the show, and he had... He'd heard the the podcast and went, yeah. boy, that was really bad. <laughs> <laughs> so here is the uh, the recorded version that he sent me via email. Oh. Time at home is always fun. This week's a little overdone. Books, TV, meals, and workouts. Try to keep your head up. Please don't bow I've read two Raymond Chandler books just this week And a Stanley biography, I'm a comic book geek I've learned to play Moon River <laughs> Mancini at his best to send me a note with your next request I got a new pug and I've got time to train him good Taking some walks in the neighborhood I know we'll be inside for quite some time Guess I'll need some tequila and another line Oh, that was fantastic! I don't know. What? I, I, I think I like Fridays better. <laughs> so we need we need to make him give us a fresh one every day. Wasn't that fun? That was really good. That was really that was good. Fun. And you know what else you could tell? 
you could tell Dylan is the one that edited it yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was oh, really, sounded good. Yeah. Oh, God, yes. Say, uh, they're changing, uh, all our clients are doing what they can to best accommodate you loyal customers. And uh, a little policy change at Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo. Okay. Johnny, Johnny Height made a run there over the weekend. They are swamped with business. It's That's incredible. Yeah, Vic, it's incredible. One of our listeners, Vic, was up there, and I guess he cleaned them out of a couple of items. Well, here's what Spencer Grunhofer wants you to know about Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats at the north end of Hugo. It turns out, though, you may call. You call ahead. You can even pay over the phone. Then when you get there, they bring it out to you. 651-426-2800. 651-426-2800. Put in your order for the summer sausage or the brats or the oven-ready pre-made meatloaf, the steaks, the burgers, the salmon, the jerky. They've got a great staff at Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo. And now, with merely a phone call, You'll have your food brought out to you in the parking lot, Mm-mm. and you might even you might even make it home this way before all the jerky's consumed, because usually you start eating that in the store, and by the time you fumble for your keys, and you're, the jerky's gone. Yeah. Ain't no, ain't got no jerky. What happened? You have the guy at the counter throw away the wrapper for you. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Believe me, I know. So uh, all everyone, everyone's t- uh, taking steps to be as uh, uh, viable in business as they possibly can in these uncertain times. And now there's a new wrinkle at Grunhofer. Just call ahead. You can pay for it over the phone. Uh, They probably got a little code they'll tell you when you get there. Uh, How do you uh, have your meal brought out to you, your food brought out to you? I'm sure that'll all work out. Call 651-426-2800. Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats on Highway 61 at the north end of Hugo. We'll be back shortly. This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Suchere. So, Suchi boy, I've been kind of wondering how our uh, pals over in Eau Claire uh, have been doing. Uh, Thecoffeegrounds.com. I uh, had a little uh, Twitter interaction with him over the weekend. It turns out a lot of GLers are still stopping in there Sweet. and still uh, ordering uh, coffee, but I thought we'd give him a call. And I, I'm hoping, Reavers, you have Eric on the line. Eric? Uh, I'm, I'm here. Hi, Eric. Eric. How's it going over there? Good. You know, it's it uh, makes for an interesting life, hmm. that's for sure. All right, let me hang tight here for a second. What? I don't. Could you guys hear him? I, I heard him perfectly. Oh, yeah. oh I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. I, yeah. I, Eric, I apologize because I couldn't hear him at all. Oh, go well, ahead. Take turn it away. up your headphones and get the bleep out of your ears, dum dum. <laughs> uh, so, Eric, uh, are the coffee orders still rolling in? That's my first question. Uh, yeah. How, how's the coffee orders going? You know, they're doing great. You know, it, the GLers have been great and continuing to support us, and it it makes a lot of difference for a small business. That's kind of what's what's uh, keeping us going you know we lost a lot of our foot traffic because everybody tells you what you can't do and uh, well not everybody the government tells you what you can't do so um, it's great that we're able to uh, ship out a bunch of coffee we got a a whole stack that I'm taking over to the shipping place here uh, later on this afternoon heading out so yeah it's been great so as far as foot traffic goes what's happening there what are you guys doing well you know the store is still open we're we're a grocery store, in essence, from the standpoint of, you know, people can come in and buy coffee and cheese and wine and beer and, and meats and seafoods and uh, things like that. So from that standpoint, we're still here. we got a little bit of 
limited hours that we're we're just closing a couple hours early during at night but uh so you can still come in and buy stuff here at the store and as we're telling people it's a it's not a crowded environment like the monster grocery stores are where you go in there and you're only one of about 500 people in the store you know what i'm you know what i'm hearing eric say garage logic will single-handedly save small businesses in america yeah, people people will support local places. You know, I've got guys that are um, coming in, and we're only allowing one person at a time to go into our cigar humidor. But they're taking their turns. You know, they're yep. somebody's in there, they patiently wait outside for them to come out. Uh, then the next person goes in, and and people are respectful of everybody else's space, and that's great. I have long thought that that's how it should be anywhere. Anyway, I, I don't want another big doofus bumping into me. While I'm in my uh, in the humidor, that's my space, and I, I need to make a decision and stay the hell out till I'm done. Yeah, but you got to start leaving your clothes on once you get in the humidor. <laughs> well, it's it's so hot in there. I know. God. I know. Miami weather, you know. So, yeah. I don't know. well, I'm glad it's working out, Eric. Thank you, Joe, you, and all yep. you guys. Appreciate it. You're still yep. you're so you're still well stocked in the Krabby Coffee Shop blend, the GL blend, all of that. We Spoon are, Lake. We're still able to get all the beans and get them roasted and get them shipped out. So fantastic. Yeah. Well, get a hold of us if you need anything. If we can help you out, because I want to make sure you guys are still around. And, oh, and throw out your address while you're at it. If somebody's yeah. on 94. Yeah, if somebody's heading between the Twin Cities and Madison, we're about a half a mile off the interstate on Southtown Drive. You can. Find the address. Just Google us. Use the Google. Perfect. All right. Thank you, right. Eric. Thank you, Good guys. luck. All Good right. luck. Alrighty. Good See luck. You. you know, I think that uh, emails uh, are the lifeblood of uh, a podcast, or at least I look at it that way because it, it's a different dynamic than on talk radio when you rely on the telephone calls. Sure, yes. And uh, so I, I've got some first beers today. I've got other interesting emails, and I, I always intend to – I do an email segment. It's how the GLers stay in touch with us and with each other. Uh, and this is Bill saying he's got a first beer story. I wanted to write you about my nephew's first beer. He had it this past Sunday with his father on his 21st birthday. Nice. I texted him on Monday, this is last week, and asked how it was. His reply was, well, it was okay, but I really like my brother's whiskey better. <laughs> <laughs> I and I replied, that. I replied, you're going to make your mother so happy. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Isn't that great? Uh, now, uh, get the foghorn ready. We All have right. a ruling requirement from Seth. All right. He calls it an urgent name ruling. Hail the flashlight king. Hail you. In this time of uncertainty and unrest, the work of the mayor must continue to roll on. Thus, I request a name ruling. In the past number of years, I, along with a number of friends, have watched our families grow significantly. Nearly all of the names of these little ones have been presented to you for approval, and most have been blessed, with only one having been given the horn. The previous presented names from various families were as follows. Nora, approved. Mm -hmm. Eli, approved. Audra, A-U-D-R-A, got the double Duluth foghorn. Which, which we might be wrong on for all I know. Isaac was approved. Mm-hmm. Eleanor approved. Oliver approved. Lucy approved. Axel, oh. a, I remember this one, A-K-S-E-L, was given the horn only to be later reversed Yes. after a series of oh, discussions right. regarding the Nordic spelling. Right, right. right? It's A-X-E-L. Yeah. Yep. Soren, 
my son, uh, Seth said, approved after intense research by the mayor. Yes, I did research that, and Soren did not get the horn. As of yesterday, I am gladly able to call myself an uncle, as my brother Ethan and sister-in-law Natasha gave birth to their first child, a daughter, and named her Briar Joy Alcaliza Carlson. Uh, just a minute now. Okay. Briar B R I A R Briar like Joy, the, like the ice cream. Well, we're getting there. I don't we're know getting where there. To go here soon. Now, I would never try to sway the mayor in a ruling, but you should know that Ethan is currently—that's the father—currently serving as a minister in Rwanda, and Natasha as an elementary educator. Hence, the second Rwandan uh, middle name, Akaliza. Despite that, okay. I present the first name Briar for judgment. As always, we await your ruling. Sincerely, Seth Carlson. Briar. Hmm. Uh, does Briar. that does that have a place in history? Hold on, uh, let me pull up the in uh, religion. Uh, and, boy, I'm going dumb. I'm thinking double the I think you might uh, be right. Briar. I don't know. Briar. Briar. Please don't throw me in the Briar pipes. Yeah, all right. I've got myself a couple of Briar pipes. B R I A R. Wait a minute. Wait huh? a minute. I found what? something here. What do you What's it I say? just did Briar, comma, yeah. name, comma, origin. Yeah. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Uh, German surnames come from the work done by uh, the original bearer of a surname. Briar is an occupational name for a person who made and sold ale in Germany. Well, this is an infant female. I'm just saying. I'm giving you origin. But That's all I'm giving you. It doesn't seem likely, based on the content of the email, that they would have gone out of their way to name a child after a brewer. A brewer. But mm-hmm. it's a Germanic name. It has yeah, history. You pronounce it. Well, Carlson isn't ger- German. Well, that's a good old Scandinavian, yeah. isn't it? No, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sure she's a cute kid. Duluth Double, that oh, name. No, 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 yeah. no. No, I'm the mayor. I'm the mayor. You're not the mayor. I'm Duluth Double Foghorn, that. The mayor wins. I tried, little Briar. You know, it, uh, uh, Seth, if you wanted to pass Joy past me, obviously Joy would have been approved. Sure. And we're, we have to approve Alcaliza because, for all we know, that's as common in Rwanda as Mary. So uh, that's fine. But you're throwing this Briar at me. Uh, no, no, no. You know what's no, going to be no. great? We're no. going to get about a thousand emails tonight and tomorrow about, I know. hey, idiots, you know that, blah, <laughs> yes. blah, blah. Yes. Yeah. That's fine. I'll correct myself. Shall the need present itself? Got it. Hail the flashlight king. Hail, Hail you. you. I can't wait till we get back to where a main topic of conversation <laughs> includes climate change. <laughs> As a member of an essential industry, I am exempt. I have 50 cows to milk and care for, and as the unofficial GL bovine reproductive management specialist, I have a 150-mile route to drive seven days a week to service cows. The American Uh food supply chain must not be interrupted. And give it two months, and we will be back to the villains destroying the planet because of cow farts. Keep pushing back (laughs) and keep your distance. Tom Negendorf, Elmwood, Wisconsin. What a great email. Uh (laughs) Pollution levels dropping at record uh, rates, he notes. uh, Less cars on the road, less cruise ships in our seas, less planes in the air. But the same amount of cows. So don't tell me farming is the problem. All right? I, I agree with this man. There have been a lot of really great farming posts on social media over the 
over the last couple of days mm-hmm. in that regard. Like, you know, we don't need celebrities. We don't need pro athletes. But guess what? Who's still working? Farmers. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every day. You'll recall the fellow who put lotion on the mashed potatoes. Yes. And what was the other one? Uh uh, the woman that washed her hands with cheese. Oh, woman yes. washing her hands with cheese and yes. watering plastic plants. And, yes. uh, Chuck, right? Eating potpourri. Right, I did that. <laughs> Joe, when I heard the story about the young man having a little soap with his potatoes, it reminded me of a story that my mother told us about what happened back in World War II in Rome, Italy. Of course, back then, any time they could find food, they were happy. That was a huge problem. One day, my mom and her sister found a bag of pancake mix near the street. They came home running to mom so excited that they had something to eat, possibly for as long as a month. The next morning, mom made pancakes for the family. When my sister started eating hers, they were crunchy, and no one could not quite figure out what was going on. Mother then checked the bag a little closer to find out that it wasn't pancake mix. Oh, no. It was concrete mix. Oh. Oh. What? They were in in high clover. Oh, yeah. Surprised they had any teeth left. What? Mother never never had pancakes again. I love the show that you boys put on and hope everyone makes it through the crisis that everyone is going through. That's hilarious. (laughs) So we got so so far, uh, what do we got? Let's keep a list here. Let's keep a list. This is going to be a heck of a file. uh, uh, Just a minute. We got got cheese. Yep. (laughs) We got lotion. Got that plant, the watered plant. We got the plant. We got concrete mix. Okay, we're going to keep this list up. This might replace best beers. Anna from Matamidi, uh, it's funny that she uh, sent me this because I was in contact with them over the weekend. Uh, she's wondering if everything's okay with our artist, Greg Holcomb. And I was talking to him over the weekend. Good. And he and the wife were standing in front of the Doc Ford side on Santa Bell. Oh, so, man. Yeah. Cool. Good. So he's just completing a month in Florida, and all is well with Greg Holcomb. Good. Hi, V. Here we get back to your chief sustainability officer's rulings from the salon, which have been absolutely worthless. And, and Kenny, I want to go back and visit something you said. Uh-oh. Uh, you, no, you're right. Uh, just as the salon did not see this coming, we can honestly say, nor did we. Right? Sure. Right. I mean, two weeks ago, life was a hell of a lot different than it is today. We didn't see it coming. But our differences are that uh, we are going to be more prepared for it because, A, we don't want to get on a, cr- a cramped, packed train. B, we don't want to use a, re- uh, a reusable bag. B, we don't want to live in sustainable concrete housing, seven stories high, uh, and on and on and on and on. So they were, they were wrong. We were innately correct. Is that a good enough way to put it? Yeah. 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 All right. High V bans reusable bags. This is windmilling. Uh, I don't need to go into it any further. They ban them because the uh, COVID-19 precautions suggest that you're far better off with a one-time plastic bag or even a one-time paper bag than you are with a constantly in-use little cloth bag that you carry around like a moron. Yeah. I wonder if uh, any Minneapolis stores are are just ignoring the rule at this point and sending people home with stuff in either paper or plastic. Well, they're almost going to have to, don't you think? Y- you would think so. But I do remember, it could have been as long as a year ago, maybe more, 
when the salon uh, first uh, looked out the stained glass windows and looked down at us peons who are paying their bills, they uh, they were talking about the plastic ban uh, use. And I remember reading pieces where instantly, this is pre pre Covo, uh, where instantly the uh, the validity of a uh, reusable cloth bag came into uh, to came into discussion because people were warning that they're just germ carriers. Yeah. And that just, was way before this. Just mm-hmm. gross, and they smell like incense and sweat and Ugh. tears and angst. Troy in New Prague wonders, what's the earliest ice out date on the pothole at 35W North <laughs> and Lake Street? <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple of fresh ones on Pelham. You haven't done the drive in a week, and uh, let me tell you, if you come over here, make it in daylight and make sure you're going slow. Mm-hmm. Speaking of daylight, yeah. Joe, Kenny yes. and I drove up to Schoonovers. Yes, I can now see at night out of my head from my headlights in my car. I've got two jobs for Mike. Do you? Yep. Schoon- uh, based based on I'm talking about Mike Schoonover. Yeah. Uh, based on the way your uh, car was detailed for you after they made the repairs. Yes. I have. Uh, I want to take a kid. Uh, used to have car up there and just say, "Would you please detail this?" Go to town, but won't they? Won't they do that? No, here's the deal: you're going to have to somehow slip cash into his pocket because he won't take money for that. I, I, I don't think because well, this is this one of the, this is one of those deals where if you have body work or something done there, yeah, this happens anyway, okay. and it's not just the outside, Joe. The yeah. inside is like the day it came off the showroom yeah. floor. It's okay, okay. unbelievable. If you'd, if you'd be quiet for a moment. No, I can't be quiet because well, I'm talking about to... Schoonover, and <laughs> there's so much to say. Well, you didn't let me finish. Uh, this is the kid who, when she hits something... She keeps hitting it. She keeps hitting it. Yeah, she's so committed. So I, I, there is a legitimate uh, body shop need because okay. she has destroyed the right <laughs> rear view mirror. Oh. Uh, because when she hit it at the edge of the garage, she just kept hitting it. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. Um, and Schoon does this trick. And uh, it's really smart. He parks that thing right outside of his front door. Well, he's no dummy. And when you're coming from the, when you're going eastbound, you're coming from the west down County E, you get to right around Lexington or so, and you can see your vehicle already sitting there shining in the sun. Kenny and I turn the corner and he goes, holy bleep, look at your car. (laughs) I don't think I'd sell that thing, Reaver. Here's the best part. So, Joe, when, uh, when Mike gave me the call, I said, yeah, here's what's wrong with it. Just see what you, you, you can come up with and whatever. He said, well, we're going to detail the inside of it for you so it looks nice because he knew that I was potentially going to sell it. And he says, what's this ring in the back seat of your car? And I went, oh, yeah, um, that was from the propane tank I set in there when I went to go exchange it a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> I'm going to read you another. Oh, my uh, God. oh Chris. <laughs> Joe, re- this car, wait, well, just one second, Joe. When he dropped it off, it had the look of an army jeep from the Korean War. No, I know. That's I know. how bad the paint was. Okay, go ahead. Uh, you guys help me uh, with this one. It's I think it's well thought out and deserves to be read. Hail the Flashlight King. Hail, Hail you. you. Joe, in light of all the abuse you seem to be receiving, 
I wish to promise my undying support for you and the crew. I will be listening and patronizing your advertisers as long as the show continues and probably for some time thereafter. The worst part of my day is waiting and cursing Reavers if the latest episode doesn't appear by its normal 2 p.m. delivery. In fact, while I don't have a best beer story for you, my best cup of coffee story happens daily during vacation at our Phoenix area getaway. Every morning, the bride and I watch the sunrise from our hot tub while listening to the latest episode of Garage Logic and sipping the Coffee Ground Spoon Lake blend. It's pure heaven and a great way to start the day. All that being said, I have some complaints. Uh While defending the show's stance in support of the government's direction in dealing with the coronavirus pandemic, you've made it clear that you and the crew have not been hysterical or anything of the sort. And I agree, you haven't. However, while you haven't been hysterical, you also haven't been at all skeptical. For almost 30 years, we have all come to know the mayor as reflexively skeptical at any and all efforts by all levels of government. That doesn't mean you always ended up disagreeing with government policy, just that you first questioned its wisdom, and you did that always. For as long as I can remember, if you told Sush the world will be ending because the latest storm was the worst on record, he would have produced reams of storm data to refute that claim. Scream and panic that the seas are rising and the planet has only years to live because the ice out came early? The old Joe would have put his listeners to sleep by listing, a, by listing 150 years of ice out dates for every metro lake. Thank you. And allow the real uh, mayor of St. Paul to furnish his cabinet with 16 or 17 full-time and full Fully paid members, and the old mayor of GL would walk the streets counting potholes to point out the folly in forgetting the basics of city governance. But tell the mayor that we must blow up the world's greatest economy to flatten the curve of the coronavirus, and he only asks where to place the dynamite. Most of us agree that something must be done to try to flatten the curve somewhat, but we also resist total compliance because with each increment of virus curve flattening comes increased destruction to the economy. A flatter curve necessarily means a less intense but longer duration and consequently more businesses and fortunes wiped out. There are questions to be asked here, and for the first time in 30 years, you don't seem to be asking them. How many people... How many people's lives will be forever ruined by lost fortunes? What will the social effects be of those lost fortunes? Can we expect more drug and alcohol abuse? Uh, Yes. And what are those costs? Will we see more suicides? Is the cure indeed more harmful than the disease? Reaver sometimes gives us the most recent numbers of positive test results. On Wednesday, that number was something like 7,500 in the U.S. Okay. How many of those were hospitalized? And what is the hospitalization rate? the death rate. We don't know those rates because we simply don't have the data to determine them. Yet we are proceeding as if those rates are dire, as we were told in the beginning. But the small amount of data that we do have is telling us that the original rates from China, Iran, and Italy and their Neanderthal healthcare systems were wildly high. Are we to base our response on the inflated infection, death, and hospitalization rates of countries that lack anything approaching our healthcare system? 
We are proceeding on a course designed by some of the same politicians who have told us we have 12 years, although the loons get 60, before we perish because of the same change in climate that has always confounded life on this planet. Is that a wise course? Given that reporting is at what it used to be, are you comfortable judging our national course of action with information gathered by the same reporters who tell us cows are killing the planet? Mike Osterholm and Dr. Fauci are probably great when tasked strictly with saving lives, but are they qualified to weigh the cost of destroying lives against that of saving them? Maybe the answer to all those questions is yes, but you aren't asking any of them, and I think our old mayor would have. Over 30,000 people a year lose their lives in automobile accidents. By lowering the speed limit on every road to 5 miles per hour, we could probably save all 30,000 every year. That's 300,000 saved lives in a mere 10 years. Would you make that trade? Sounds ridiculous and cruel, but we've already calculated those costs and decided they aren't worth the lives saved. Are we taking similar numbers and costs regarding the coronavirus? What are those numbers and what costs are you willing to absorb? And if you are willing to absorb any and all possible costs to flatten the curve of this virus, then are you also willing to invoke those same emergency powers to similarly destroy a future economy in order to save the planet from climate change. With that horse having left the barn, be prepared for that eventually. Still and always one of the guy, Craig Johnson. Man, that's a that's a well thought out email. I feel uh, chagrined. Uh, it is, and uh, I feel chagrined. Ton, tons of good points. I'll uh, tell you what I'll do. I'll tell you what I'll do. I think. Let me repeat something. Michael, Michael Osterholm and Dr. Fauci are probably great when tasked strictly with saving lives, but are they qualified to weigh the cost of destroying lives against that of saving them? I can uh, use my trusted sources and invite Michael on again, and I think that's a question that he probably should be asked. But Do you? Yeah, yeah, I definitely think we should have him on. I think we should have him on once a week, no matter what. But I have a different question. I have a different question. Right. Did this country or its government... At some point in our history, did they literally study the the cost benefits of raising or lowering speed limits to my uh, based on saving lives? To my knowledge, we have raised and lowered speed limits based on the availability of fuel. Right. But to my knowledge, we have never raised or lowered speed limits uh, because of the uh, numbers of lives lost. No, that's not true. Okay. Uh, we just we just lowered the speed limits because of pedestrian safety. Yeah, uh, you're right, a, right. That's uh, that's inner that's inner city, and right. I, I understand that, and I don't even have a beef with it. Uh, but he's oh, talking what? about you. What? Oh, no, that's I, a whole other show because we're going to argue about that eventually. If I drive 25 miles an hour down a city oh, street, don't distract me. Don't distract me because you're wrong. Um, but what they have done <laughs> with the freeway speed suit is they use saving lives as an argument to not raise it. Right. But get back to the original, the, the emailer's point. Um, and the the quest- emailer's point is I have not been skeptical enough. And, uh, I, and-, and I, I can't believe I have to defend you on this. You're really going to bow down and take this hit? 
No. Such we had all the evidence in the world. We saw what it was doing in China. We saw what it was doing in Italy. We mm-hmm. saw it move across Europe, and we see what it's already done in this country. There is no way you have to defend yourself to this. You are well informed. You're far more informed than the average person. Well, you, you but, went with your gut instincts, and your gut instincts were dead on, Joe. I Jeez, also, I can't believe i got to prop you up. No, no, I would also submit that precisely because I have been skeptical about such things as climate change, I do not think the coronavirus and climate change are analogous. We can see what coronavirus is doing. Yeah. You can measure it. Yeah. You can take a test for it. Right. You can put it under a microscope and see that technicolor crown of disease. You can touch it. You can see it. None of that is true with climate change. I think Craig's larger point is, and I'm not sure I'm going to go there, he believes that our subservience to these government orders would soften us up to be as equally subservient to draconian measures to stop climate change, which we can't see, know, test, or understand. Yeah, but I think these are two different issues. I said these are not analogous. Far, far apart. But I'm not sure that's his point. His point is if we're so willing, he's he's a guy that's saying the cure is worse than the illness. Okay, let's just play devil's advocate for a minute. Uh, By that reasoning... It's easy for him to have the opinion that these same kinds of tactics could be used to handcuff us in our lifestyles. Yeah, yeah. But you're. Um... But Craig, uh, Craig, I'm seeing healthy, fit Olympians on ventilators. Where do you want me to go? Yeah. Uh, I have a daughter who's a nurse, I have a son in law who's a pilot. Uh, I consider them to be in danger. Where do you want me to go? Yeah, I don't, I don't. Damn good email. Well, well the hell of an out. email, and I'm yeah, saving. Yeah. I'm saving. Yeah. Uh, I, I still think you're right, and I can't believe you're not defending yourself more solidly. I just, I just defended myself. Right? Yeah, but you're still. You're, I, you're. I, we're dealing with something we can see, measure, and test for. I'm responding to that. I don't need to be skeptical about something that is measurable, definable, and there is evidence available. I am skeptical about telling me that the latest thunderstorm is a result of climate change. B as in B, S as in S. And as Craig points out, yes, I'll put you to sleep by going back and doing the sense winds and telling you how bad the storm was in 1888. All right? Uh As you do. But I don't know where the hell you want me to be, G. We have tried to tell you from day one that together what we face is the task of sorting through all of this information to arrive at logical conclusions. And I just can't poke a hole in social distancing. That just seems to make too much sense Mm -hmm. because the evidence says and the evidence is knowable. It's empirical. The evidence says that's the only way to fight this. Yeah. 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 Where we go in terms of what it does to the economy, I'm not qualified. I, I'm like everyone else. I'm watching my money disappear. Evaporate. Literally disappearing.
I had a really nice 401k, and I'm not kidding you. She was a beauty. It ain't a beauty no more. <laughs> yeah. So we can expect another, what, 10, 12 years out of the old oh, podcast? Christ, I'll be doing this from a <laughs> nursing home. Well, that's good because... Where's uh, the party? I have, well, you'll have one, Sid. I have a zero retirement in my uh, right. fund, zero, so... Well, at the rate it, this is going, uh, many of us will have zero. Can we do this? Can we take a quick break? Because I think I stumbled upon a piece of audio that we're uh, we're going to get a lot of mileage out of. All right. This next song is about Kenny Olsen. Here we if go. He's here. Jump up and down. I'm doing it. One, two, three, four, go. You cannot stop him. You just make a move. Oh, my buddy Mark would have been 50 last Friday from you Big know, Backyard. It's that's, a, that sounds really good over these headphones. Yeah. yeah wow. That, yeah. It, it, with that, uh, it, the louder you play it, the better it yeah. gets. Yeah. Uh, but I wanted to talk a, a bit here about ProfessionalTurf.com. We see that winter finally wrapping up. We can tell spring is upon us because one day it's beautiful, the next day it sucks, and then it rain, and then it's snow, and then it's wind. It doesn't matter how your yard looks right now. Uh, you click on ProfessionalTurf.com, log on, schedule a free in-person, no-obligation lawn care estimate. A seasoned vet, he's going to come out to your home, look look it over, and then set you up with a three- to five-step fertilizer and weed control program. Not only is it environmentally safe, but it's absolutely guaranteed for superior results. You will have the best lawn on the block, guaranteed. And I mean no crabgrass, no dandelions, no broadleaf weaves, nothing. Do it right now. Click on to ProfessionalTurf.com. What do you got going, Reeves? All right, so uh, I was submitted this by a listener, and um, this is going to be a piece of audio that I think we're going to get some mileage out of. This comes to us from the New York Post, dated uh, just a few minutes ago. <clears throat> a local Florida politician has apologized for telling a p- or for stating at a public meeting that blowing a hairdryer up your nose can cure the coronavirus. Yeah, I read about this moron. Are you ready? Yep. Here we go. Silly, but being in the medical field that I was as a paramedic, it started to make a lot of sense. One of the things that was pointed out in this interview with one of the doctors, foremost doctors that has studied the coronavirus, says that the nasal passages, passages and the nasal membranes are the coolest part of the body. That's why the virus tends to go there until it then becomes healthy enough to go into the lungs. This sounds really goofy, and it did to me too, but it works. Once the temperature reaches 136 degrees Fahrenheit, the virus falls apart and just it disintegrates. Okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I said, well, how would you get the temperature up to 132 degrees? The answer was you use a blow dryer because it's capable of doing that. So you hold a blow dryer in front of your face That's what and I'm you inhale. Do. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but he worked in the medical field, Joe. He stated that beforehand. Well, what if you don't have a blow dryer? Will, will a tailpipe on a pickup truck work? Or maybe like a uh, a, a benzy? Is it a what's the torch? Yeah, right. An LP torch. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Just fry your nose or off. a heat gun. Sure. God Almighty. And then we've got people. Uh, I'm reminded we've got some horrible show on right now, and they're teaching people how to turn bras into face masks. 
Really? So grab the wife's $80 bra, oh. cut that thing apart, and uh, strap it around your face and walk around I, with that. I need help in aisle five. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tyler writes, not to worry, Joe, we're still getting the important things taken care of here in the Fargo-Moorhead area. Okay. And he notes that the portrait of... Greta Thunberg has been installed in downtown Fargo. Thank so we're all set. We got that going. Sure yeah. That's right. That's right. Although we haven't heard a lot from her because of the coronavirus. You know, like she's out of the she's out of the headlines for a little while. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a good thing. Uh oh, Joe, forgive me if this has come up as I'm a day behind in the podcast. We know the Chinese constructed temporary hospitals in Wuhan province. Makeshift hospital tents are now being set up at the Oregon State Fairgrounds in Salem, Oregon. I don't know how to pronounce Oregon. Uh, Where would you construct a temporary hospital in the Twin Cities? My vote, the largest single parcel of urban land in the United States is the Ford site in Highland Park. Just a thought, as I'm sure there are brighter minds in mind making these decisions. In any case, I can't tell you how grateful I am for you and the boys' tenacity and GL ingenuity. You have not missed a beat. Uh, in continuing the podcast during what has been the longest week of our lives. Uh, thank you to the fine engineers at HBI for keeping the stream flowing. Loyal listener in the belly of the beast, Steve Mulholland. Yeah, I can see a big hospital there in that Ford site. What was the line he said? That's the largest. What was that again? Well, he's calling it the largest single parcel of urban land in the United well, States. We also have the... I have, I have no idea if that's true. We oh, have okay. the ammo plant up in Arden Hills. They haven't done anything with that either. Yeah, but he's saying he, his proviso is urban right. land. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And Scott Matura, our chef friend. Yeah. Uh, out in Montana. Yeah. Uh, Joe, in keeping with the title of this email, Never Let a Good Crisis Go to Waste, I'm already late to the GarageLogic email party with regards to the lack of pollution in China and Italy, as well as now near-pristine canals of Venice. The moment I saw those news stories and imagery of the low pollution over Italy, it was immediately obvious to me that this crisis, this is a little bit of what Craig Johnson was writing about, this crisis will forever alter our political, social, and economic landscape as we know it. This will not go by the wayside from those who would lecture us about man-made climate change. How do they not seize this opportunity to show us all just how quickly real change can happen when we take drastic measures, no matter how many people around the world will suffer? And with regards to businesses closing, if we open every restaurant and bar in the nation right this minute, it will already have been too late for some. We operate on very small margins, and so many of us will never reopen. But wait... This is good news, right? Now we can once and for all eliminate all those burdensome, low-paying jobs, mostly in hospitality. What they don't tell you or ignorantly don't know is that a good cook or server makes more than most anyone in a retail clothing store, entry-level office job, no matter the industry. Even many work-from-home jobs. Many servers and bartenders I know have a day job in addition to their evening job. The assumption is that the day job is to supplement the evening hospitality job, but in many cases, it is the opposite. Those day jobs do not pay any more than the one they have at night. Last point, if everything is day-to-day and we are all reacting with each new development, as they tell us, then why did four, at least we know of, senators dump stocks weeks ago? 
conveniently conveniently ahead of the market crash. And not just any stocks. Many of those stocks were in hospitality and hotels, which are all but empty right now. Funny, it's almost as if they knew there would be a total shutdown even back then. How convenient. Pushing back while getting stuffed on daily takeout from my friends' restaurants in support of the Scott Matura at Bucks. Yeah, those uh, senators should be taken out in public and put in the stocks yeah, for, selling the, for selling those. Uh, what will become them. of that entire story, by the way? <clears throat> I have no idea. Think it'll get lost in the wayside? That's what I'm afraid of. Will it come up again when we're through all this? And I really want it to come up again. Do you, do you have any thoughts? Uh, we haven't talked about this at all, about the bill that was supposed to pass today to help uh, Americans out, and then it got bogged down in partisan fighting. Yeah, I'm aware of it. I watched some of it. Uh, uh, you know, the Democrats want... They put in their bill, they want uh, relief for solar panel manufacturers, and uh, they want lower carbon emissions from airplanes. And then the other side says, what the hell does that have to do with uh, a disease? And uh, the other side says, well, yeah, but all you want to do is bail out the high court. I don't know. They were going to vote today. Did they vote for it? Uh, I don't have it in front of me. I well, I do have it in front of me. It, Let's just see if there's an update. It says there's a breaking, breaking oh, news. The headline reads at the bottom, Senate again fails to advance coronavirus aid bill. Yeah, because you know why? They're incapable of coming together. That's exactly right. That's exactly why this is happening. We're, we're, we're poorly served by the political class, which is this is what they've done for a living. At the time, uh, we need them yep. the absolute most. They right. prove to us that they're completely worthless to us. And they're so desperate to remain in the political class that they're afraid to take action. Yeah. They're just so desperate. You know they're, afraid the, to, they're afraid to be wrong. Yeah, well, they're afraid to be not reelected. The next election, be damned. Mm-hmm. We need you now, and you're failing us consistency, uh, consistently with your petty bickering. But we've been on to this. The political class leads a life in a separate rail. Yep. Uh, they, they have nothing to do with us. Yep. Absolutely and, nothing. And this proves what you've been saying for the last six months whenever you got onto this. Yep. It's just pathetic. Uh, it's pathetic on both sides, by the way. It's pathetic. Yeah. They can't they can't put aside their pettiness and say, well, you know, we're telling people that they're dying and they need to social distance. Why don't we deliver for them? And they can't. They can't. Nope. Uh, you know, uh, Schmel's countryside and uh, Maplewood. It's, it's, Stop. It, Today, is you're not going to believe this. Today, and you can look it up on Google, is the, officially the Melba Toast Day. I bring that is up. Is it really? Because Wooderson called his Chevelle... Melba Toast, 390 HP. He thought that was pretty big. There is now an SUV out there that makes 505 horsepower, and it's the most beautiful SUV on the road. And boy, is that Melba Toast, because nobody will see that coming soon. That's the Alfa Romeo Stelvio. Yeah, but it's the Stelvio. It's the Quadrifoglio. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, that's you know what that's the car we need to set the new cross country distance oh, yeah. record. Well, you can get you can get one. I know where you can get one. Nobody's gonna nobody's gonna think that guy's doing a buck eighty. <laughs> no, no. Schmel's Countryside has Alfa Romeo, Fiat, and of course Volkswagen, probably the earliest Volkswagen dealer in Minnesota, a multi generational business, and they're making changes to accommodate you at uh, Schmel's Countryside. You can take a virtual tour of any car at the dealership. They're great websites. And then uh, you pick something out and you think, this is the one, Martha. 
Should we have them bring it out? They'll bring it to your house, and they'll have that thing wiped down like a hospital gown. That thing will be so clean, you'll never want to leave it. And uh, all financing and loans can be handled online or over the phone at Schmelz Countryside, southeast quadrant of Highway 36 and 61 in Maplewood. Just fantastic automobiles. It's where I shop. I've had a number of Volkswagens. I've had a number of Alfa Romeos. And when they were in the Saab business, I had a number of Saabs. Not their fault that they're no longer in the Saab business. Saab quit making cars. (laughs) (laughs) You took a left turn there, Joe. I know, but what the hell? What I'm telling you is, I've shopped with these people for a long, long time, and I really, really find them the best in the business and terribly reliable. And uh, three great websites, so take your virtual tour. Schmelz, S-C-H-M-E-L-Z, SchmelzVW.com, SchmelzAlphaRomeo.com, and SchmelzFiat.com. You get serious about a particular automobile or SUV, It'll be brought to you for your inspection, and you don't have to worry. they got the sanitary wipes and the whole deal. And then if you like it, all financing and loans handled online or over the phone. Schmelz Countryside in Maplewood. Say, Reavers, you were telling me to take vitamin D. Yes, and I just instructed Kennedy to do the same today. Oh, he got mad at me, Such. He yelled at me. Well, you're not taking it, dummy. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, nor have I ever been a vitamin guy. But Your line I, uh, is we have the most expensive urine I know. Well, that was my uncle's line. Or, but yeah, but I, I will say this. I will say this. Former Center's Center for Disease Control Chief Dr. Tom Frieden said the coronavirus infection risk might be reduced by vitamin D. Huh? Your apologies but, are now accepted for both of you. Yeah, but you know what, Reeves? This might shock you. Uh-oh. But I had to wait for a former CDC chief to tell me before I'm going to buy it from you. Yeah, I'm with Joe. I'm, yeah. with, I'm with the mayor. You know, the thing that helps is as obvious as the sun in the sky and as close as your medicine cabinet, vitamin D. Higher COVID-19 mortality rates among older people and those with chronic conditions suggest that a weakened immune system contributes to poor outcomes. There are many crack pay, uh, crackpot claims about miracle cures. Yeah, just shove a blow dryer up <laughs> your face. Yeah. Uh, there are many crackpot claims about miracle cures floating around, but the science supports the possibility, although not the proof, that vitamin D may strengthen the immune system, particularly of people whose vitamin D levels are low. Vitamin D supplementation reduces the risk of respiratory infection, regulates cytokine production, and can limit the risk of either viruses such as influenza. A respiratory infection can result in cytokine storms, a vicious cycle in which our inflammatory cells damage organs throughout the body, which increase mortality for those with COVID-19. Adequate vitamin D may potentially provide some modest perfection for vulnerable populations. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to see what the dosage they suggest. It's 5,000. Well, you know, but but that's you. I'm going to take it from a guy who was the head of the Centers for Disease Control. Well, and what I should have told both of you at the time was that wasn't information coming from me. It was coming from my wife. Well, I got news for you. Your wife ain't that smart. Whoa, 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 whoa. Well, let me shut her straight. You can't go into that area. I'm itching my eye. I bet I'm not supposed to do that. Don't no. you don't. We don't talk smack about each other's bride uh, uh, brides unless she's amazingly and uh, unbelievably wealthy. Then we can say. Then we can yeah. say whatever we, then we want. Then we can say stuff yeah. about her. Here we go. And your bride, 
who's a big league nurse, yep. says 5,000 units of vitamin D a day. Yep. Here's the Centers for Disease Control head, Dr. Friedman. Okay. As we get older and drink less milk, we need other sources for vitamin D. Most daily multivitamin supplements contain enough vitamin D, although it's possible to take too much. So it's important not to overdose. Mm. How much is enough? Yeah. Doses between 800 IUs. What's IU? Individual units? Mm-hmm. Uh, doses between 800 IU and 2,000 IU are probably safe. A reasonable and commonly used dose is 1,000 IU a day. Too much vitamin D can cause nausea and vomiting, weakness and frequent urination, and lead to bone pain and kidney stones. Vitamin D can also interact with certain medications. I'm sorry, medications. So you should check for interactions before taking supplements. What did you call it? Medifications. Got me some medification. For now, go outside and get some sun. But be sure to follow your social distancing guidelines to avoid close contact with other people. All right, I'm a big believer in the sun, and I've been taking uh, for about the last three or four days. Uh, the CP's been a big vitamin D user all her life, mm-hmm. so I've been taking a daily 2,000 IU. There you go. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Uh, I was walking Saturday, and a woman's approaching me. She's 10 yards Shy of me, she's southbound, I'm northbound on a sidewalk. She veered out into the middle of the street. <laughs> and I said, man, that's some, that's some social distancing. And she said, yeah, well, I'm supposed to be under quarantine. Oh, Jesus. I saw giant chunks of coronavirus hitting me in the face. Why is she out? I don't know. And one emailer said, maybe she knew you and she was just uh, funning you. And I said, no, in that neighborhood, there aren't a lot of GLers. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I'm supposed to be quarantined. Yeah. And I'm just out for a walk. Wow. Really? Is that irresponsible or what? Yes. My word. And then yesterday on my walk, I noticed an increase uh, in people keeping the social distancing. Many people, without shame, crossing the streets. You know, a lot of us were zigzagging back and forth, yeah. not just to, ha- not to, not to pass someone. Right. So, uh, but you know what? I, I, I'm skeptical. I, I don't, if I get it from going for a walk and passing somebody, I give up. Uh, Osterholm said he was on with uh, Wurzer Friday night, and he said it, it, it comes out of your face and it uh, it lingers right out in front of your face for a few feet, and then it starts tapering off and heading to the ground. So that's what huh. that's the six foot deal. And what I've noticed around here, there's so few people in the building. But those of us that do, when we cross or meet in the hallway, we always hug the wall, each opposite wall, and we turn our faces mm-hmm. away so we're not breathing on them. Yeah. Well. Because it, because it lingers out there in front of you, so you got to get your face out of the line of fire. I'll take the vitamin D uh, admonition. It doesn't seem like it could hurt anything. Yeah. Uh, I'm a big believer in sunlight cures what ails you. And I'm glad and, you uh, said that because I usually do a couple of things to grab little highlights that I use for the description for today's show. And one of them yeah. is going to be Joe's a big fan of the sun. Yeah. <laughs> why don't you uh, Why don't you tell Mrs. Reavers? Yes. That uh, the Center for Disease Control former director says two thousands enough. See what she says. Okay, I, and I that part was right because she has said that to me that it, it the amount that you're supposed to take does vary based upon certain health factors, age, etc. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that is av- uh, actually fact. I want to tell you a quick story. What now? Uh, I want to tell you a quick story before we go. 
uh, all of us, I think Reavers too. Have you watched the ZZ Top documentary? Not yet, but I'm okay. Going you to. haven't. I'm going I've to. watched. I've, uh, Kenny, you have. Oh yeah, I've watched it a couple times. I, I find it fascinating. I, to me, I only knew of them as a post MTV cartoon. Oh group. really? Uh, yeah, I was really unaware. I mean, you know, oh. I'm I'm old. I was raising kids. I I wasn't, you know, in the wasn't in the music scene as heavily as I might be today so in terms you, of listening. You don't remember like Tush and all those? No. And oh, really? And uh, uh, anyway, Blue Jean Blues. I, believe me, I've been educated. Okay, okay? Right. and it's a great uh, great documentary. And I I started having this scratch in the back of my mind. That uh, one of the ZZ guys had a boat at the Lake Minnetonka Antique and Classic Boat Show years and years ago, and I just couldn't—I couldn't get that scratch out of my mind. So I called or I contacted Tom Jewell, who's up in uh, the Alex area. He's probably one of the nation's top premier uh, boat restorers. Alec, Al- he's an Alec, and and I said I texted him. I said, "Do you? Uh, I have this uh, feeling that one of the ZZ guys had a boat." Uh, in the in the antique show down at Minnetonka years ago, does that ring a bell? And he texted me back. Yeah, it was Billy Gibbons has a nineteen forty cool. triple cockpit Chris Craft that Jewel worked on in Excelsior, and then that boat was debuted. The finished product was debuted at the Lake Minnetonka show. The uh, Gibbons wasn't there; he has people. Uh, but Jewel remembers one day when Gibbons came in the shop and gave everybody a ZZ Top hat and saw how the project was going. And according to Jewel. Uh, Gibbons has a place in Canada where he believes that boat might now be residing. So Tom was doing an apprenticeship there, uh, uh, basically. Well, he was still in his learning stages. Yeah. Right. So do, can you put a year on this? Was it yes, 80, I can. 80s or 90s? No, I can't. 1986. I wonder what year I saw them. I, I think it was later than 86. Because I'm wondering if that was the same show that they were in town for. They played uh, Target Center. And that's when I was backstage. Well, Target Center wasn't open in 86. When, when did it open? Uh, 91, 92. Okay. All right. All right. So it wasn't then. All right. So that's the closest uh, uh, I've been to ZZ Top is standing near his boat. That would be about it. That's, cool. that's my story. It's not much of a story. You but. know, we're not supposed to talk about Tom's clients either. You know that, don't you? I did not know that. Yeah. Just well, only you. We can say whatever we want about you. Yeah. But we need to protect I wish I wish I was one of his clients. Let's put it that way. Right. I'm, as much as I love the guy and I've known him for 40 years, I can't get on his waiting list. Right. How well, do you like that? Well, uh, do you want me to put in a good word for you? Because no, because right I, now I don't have any money. I've been uh, exchanging texts with him for the entire show, Maybe actually. you want to get a part-time gig soon. Yeah, maybe, maybe you could go up there and start Sanding, grab a piece of sandpaper and get to my, work. Uh, <laughs> my, my days of having Tom do a project for me, my hope of those days, uh, that's in the rearview mirror. Yeah, long gone, bro. Yeah, that's a long so, uh, gone. I can't even sell you a Parker's Prairie rowboat uh, that Tom did. It hasn't Not even, anymore. hasn't even seen the water yet. Like I told you, Kenny, that last car got in just under the wire. <laughs> And I got to keep it now because who in the hell is going to buy a car now? Right. For, I mean, a used car. I'd buy a new Chevy. I mean, a new uh, Alfa Romeo Fiat. Or, there you go. Or Volkswagen. Atta boy. 
Don't blame me for getting this screwed up. I'm on a remote location. I think you better hit the music, Chris. All right, yeah. Goodbye, everybody. Because we have a guest to get to here in a matter of moments, Mr. Souchere. No, not for this show. Not for this show. I mean, for the uh, Monday, Monday Night, Night Sports Show. That's right. That's coming up next. And Talk uh, to you tomorrow, GLers. There he goes. That's the mayor. And please, don't forget to go to garagelogic.com. We have uh, all of our faithful and loyal supporters of this program that you can find there and also uh, all of that GL gear. And please don't forget to rate and review the show. We love getting any and all feedback from every single one of you. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.